ESPN. ESPN. Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prater. Steal the show. to the great Scott show on a give me all you got Friday. Give me all you got football Friday. I'm excited. Yes, I'm excited. We got Devin snow on in the eight o'clock hour, the red beans and rice guy, greatest tradition in the world. He's coming up at eight. By, by by request for many of you, but always requested, has been a member of this Friday edition of the Great Scott Show since 2008. Just means we're getting older, Gus. Gus Cattengale, our Saints and Pelicans correspondent, kicking off the show with us this morning during his, I'm guessing, his dog walk. But his weather's, just, just weather, this weather's killing it. I mean, it's, how about this weather, dude? It's nice. I just I'm looking down at my shoes and they're a little wetter than they have been the last couple of days. It's me, the old people. ESPN Lafayette. E to the S to the P to the N. The best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Clock hour, the great Scott show. Give me all you got Friday. We're talking a lot of NFL in hour number one. Devin Snow. Hold the mayo at Snow Like John on Twitter. Going to join me in uh, about 12 minutes. Cajuns versus Rice tomorrow. We'll get into that a little bit later on this hour. Cajuns. That line has moved a little bit now, minus 11. Double-digit favorite. Now, they have won 29 in a row when being a double-digit favorite. Won 29 in a row straight up. I don't know about the spread. But that's a good sign. 4.30 pregame right here on ESPN Lafayette. 6.30 kickoff Saturday night. I mentioned the phone lines, though. They've been lit up. Don't want to keep you guys waiting. Let's get back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. What's going on? Good morning, dude. It's Friday, man. It's a good day today. I love it. Uh, what's, what's actually hilarious is, and this is absolute, uh, what's the word, where something, uh, something happens on accident. It's not supposed to happen. What a coincidence. I'm wearing I'm wearing my Snow Light John Red Beans and Rice Day, uh, day shirt oh, today. Oh, I got to tell him. I gotta, I'm going to bring him on and be like, our last caller just said he's got his look at this the shirt on. Yeah. 
I walked into work this morning and they and somebody was like, "What is that?" I'm like, "Oh, you don't know about snow." Oh, white, dude, you got to you got to take so a I, picture and tag him and say, "I'm in Lafayette wearing this shirt and I'm looking forward to hearing him on the air." You got to do that for me. He'll he'll love. I me. will definitely do it. I will definitely do it. But uh, what was I going to say? Uh, man, did you see Derwin James go straight Goldberg? Dude, he, that, that was a sidewalk slam he put on him, man. He he picked up Kelsey and just boom. And Kelsey's a tough dude because Kelsey popped right up too. Yeah. I mean, it was like, but yeah, that was. But, I mean, he's six six hit. two something. I popped up off of my sofa. My back was like off the sofa. I was like, oh god! Like I got I tensed up, like I was up in the air with him, and I was like, that is intense. But uh, that was a good game. But um, I understand what the guy who called before was saying about like. You know, they'll hype up a guy, and, you know, they, they won't talk about their shortcomings. The only thing is, is when you're winning, all that goes away, man. <laughs> nobody, nobody cares how many interceptions you Look, throw if you Josh win Josh Allen Bowl. used to get dogged on all the time when he was a rookie. You know, this is a dumb pick and da-da-da-da-da. Now he, he's, I mean, he's, you know, Jesus reincarnated as a football player. He can do no wrong. Now, I think Josh Allen's amazing. But yeah. to your point and, and to my point, when you're winning, and that's not just true of quarterbacks. I mean, when you're winning, they're gonna, it's, it's, it, but it's even like that in a locker room. You talk to any former coach, player, current coach, player. When you start losing, all of the little problems in a locker room become big problems. When you're winning, the little problems are not a big deal. And, you yeah. know, as far as the media goes, when you find ways to win, you know, you're going to get – you're going to get a lot of credit, and when you lose, and then when you find ways to win, well, then you got to do it in the playoffs. Because then, if you can't win a playoff game, then it's oh well. Let's see if they can even do it here. I mean, it it's just part of the the media cycle. It's nothing new, and it's probably always going to be like that. Yeah, because I was I was I saw an uh, article about uh, the Colts cutting Rodrigo Blankenship, and I thought, oh, no big deal. You know, uh, maybe he had a really bad game, and I go look at the stat line, and he only missed one field goal. But then when you read the article, he kicked a couple kicks out of bounds. But my point is, is when you're not that guy and you make a mistake, people tend to remember it a lot more and, and kind of hit you for it a lot worse. So, you know, they sunk his blanket ship. I mean, he and it, it, and it was one that would have won him the game and it wasn't long. Yeah, and yeah, and he's missed some game winners yeah. in the past. It was kind of like the last straw as opposed to like, well, you missed the kick. We're going to cut you, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get that, but I guess what I'm saying is when you just look at it at face value, it doesn't, like, if you just look at the stat line and you go say, well, man, he must have missed right. three, four field goals. He missed one. So I guess my thing is, is you just, it, it's just how it is, man. Patrick Mahomes is going to throw picks and throw wild passes, but he's also going to have games where he throws for 555 yards and six touchdowns. And that sounds crazy, but he could do that. He's 22 so, and anyway, three man, in divisional games in his career. He's 22 and three. Four times. AFC, the AFC yeah. championship has gone through his stadium the last four years in a row. But I see that a lot, doing. you know, like like when another quarterback does a no-look pass, I'll see on Twitter, oh, if Mahomes had done this, you know, the, every media member would have gone crazy and gotten aroused. And it's like, you know, like just calm down. Like, yes, it's because it's Mahomes. Like, of course. If Chase Daniel did it, shout out to Chase Daniel getting his millions last night with the handoff. If Chase Daniels had done it, uh, no, they, they wouldn't have propped it up. They would have been like, oh, look at this guy. Wow. You know what I mean? Chase Daniels it's has, just how it is. Oh, yeah, but we, one thing we have to mention before I hang up and listen is uh, Chase Daniels has got to have the most crispy manicured beard 
I have ever seen in my natural adult life. Every time I see him on the sidelines, I'm like, I wonder how crisp my man's beard is going to be. It's good. He, Let me tell you something. That beard helps, too. So you know what a beard does sometimes for somebody that's, like, not fat but has a fat face? It helps. It it, yeah. it, it makes your face look less fat. Even though it, it, it's fuller with the beard, I'm telling you, it'll cover up a double chin. Because Chase Daniel isn't fat, but he does have a fat head. I mean, that's... He's thick. He's thick. Yeah. He's thick. he got yeah. a thick face. But but that beard yeah, that yeah. beard helps. He can afford a groomer. I mean, he's made over 40 mil in oh, his career. Dude. And he just... He's a great guy to have on your team because when he's on the team, yeah. like, he's probably not going to have to ever start. You know, like how yep. many backup quarterbacks that have been in the league that long that are that are respected? Obviously, keeps getting deals, like barely ever start. I mean, he started like five times in oh. thirteen years. So if you have him on your like yeah. Herbert's Herbert injured his ribs last night, but because Chase Daniels the backup, he's probably going to be good enough. Like Herbert will probably be good enough to play in Week Three. There are other quarterbacks. It's like man, no matter where they are as a backup, they always end up playing. Above. I mean, Brendan Wheeling was awful. But he always ended up having to start wherever he went, Brandon Whedon, because he was just, yeah. it was like, oh, you know, here's a rash. We got here, here he comes. He's got he's back again. He's just somehow you have him on your roster, yeah. you know he's going to play. Chase Daniel, he might come in every now and then for a play. People will get their jokes off, and then he'll go back to the sideline. But at least your starter is not going to get seriously injured. Yeah, and one, one thing about Chase Daniels, my dad always makes a joke. He says, Man, I wish I was Chase Daniels. And I'm like, why is that? And he's like, man, I want to make, get paid $7 million to get sideline passes to every game that that, my, that the Saints play. I want to be a backup quarterback for the Saints back be when he was good, there. Dude, he's be a good dude. Be a backup. He's right. It's not a joke. Your dad's right. I would love to. He's obviously great in the locker room. He's he's good in practice. Starting quarterbacks love him, right? It's it's yeah. And so whatever he's doing, man, it's working for him. Shout out Chase Daniel. Well, all right, man. Well, you tell you tell uh, my our boy Snow Light John. I'll be posting that picture on Twitter, and I'll definitely be watching. All I right. mean, listening. I hang up and listen. All right, Josh. Appreciate it. For those that don't know who Devin Snow is, he um, he writes blogs out of New Orleans and kind of just started his own. You know, let's call it an empire, a red beans and rice empire. Every Monday, he goes, eats red beans and rice somewhere in the greater New Orleans area, does a review. It's hilarious. Uh, he does some writing. He he takes calls in his own office sometimes by doing shows online. But he's, he's a funny dude. I don't, I don't even really know Devin. But I'm excited to have him on the show. For those that want to follow him on Twitter, uh, at Snow Like John, hold the mail. And he joins me next. Don't go anywhere. It's the great Scott show on it. Give me all you got Friday. Give me all you got. Give me all you got! On ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. The NFL's opening weekend was wild and action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. What's up, everybody? It's Scott Prather telling you that new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly at DraftKings Sportsbook. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of the DraftKings early win promotion. It's pretty simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 1420 and get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1420 only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Physically present Louisiana. Select bearishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms of DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. You watch. ESPN Lafayette.
ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Everybody in the state of Louisiana going to sleep a winner tonight. Because everybody eating their red beans, whole squad on the red beans, whole team on the red beans. The queen might have died. But tradition didn't. It lives forever. Greatest tradition in the world. That is Devin Snow from his Behind the Beans from episode 122, I believe, of... uh, the Red Beans and Rice, greatest tradition in the world, and a first-time guest on this show. Happy to have him on from New Orleans. Devin Snow joins us. Good morning, Devin. How are we feeling? Feeling great, baby. It's Friday. Um, you know, hopefully uh, we can finally start winning some bets because, you know, I don't really know many people that have been winning bets. So maybe this Friday is, is the turnaround for everything, but uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to be on. Well, let's let's before we get we get into the bets. Let's um, some of our audience that might not know you. Um, you know, I just I, I discovered you online, like a lot of people, seeing your your weekly uh, red beans and rice day v- videos and your reviews. But you know, I, I know you got a little help behind the scenes, no doubt. But you've kind of carved so you've kind of carved out a niche for yourself. You've, you've started to build this little red beans and rice empire and i guess little and empire is an oxymoron it's gotten bigger it's getting bigger you do write about sports for a blog but tell our audience a little bit about you and um you know and and what you do and why you're you're pretty popular on social media these days yeah man um it's been like a four-year journey you know um so a a lot of people are just noticing me on the internet and that's just kind of how it works but you know um i think the reason why everybody is is catching on quick is just because I've been pounding my craft for four years. So before I was even doing RBNR Day, you know, I was doing my show, uh, you know, just talking on the mic, uh, you know, doing, dip, trying different skits, uh, writing blogs, you know, really just doing anything uh, to get my name out there. Uh, and then finally, at last, you know, after a hundred, I think it was like probably close to a hundred RBNR Days in a row, uh, it finally caught on to where it started getting a lot of traction kind of all at once. And that's really just in the past year. But, you know, I come from the car business. I worked uh, at Lamarck Ford for five years. I was a manager. When I left there, they couldn't believe it. They didn't understand it. They were like, dude, hey, look, you know, we have no idea what you're about to go do, but, you know, we believe in you. <laughs> like It was just like one of those things. And, uh yeah, man, that was in February 2020, and ever since then, I've been doing this full-time, you know, worked worked for free for, for a long time, worked for free for a long time until I finally, you know, caught my rhythm here in the last year, and it's, uh, you know, I'll go to the grocery store, and people see me and call me the Red Bean Man, you know? Red Bean my, my Man. Name, yeah, my name's Devin, dude, but, like, uh, nobody knows that. Now, I, people call me John, the Red Bean Man, hold the mayo, Snow like John, you know, and, I've and, heard and it with all. respect, I'm sure some people call you MF or and those that may not get the reference, you <clears> got to watch his show. Um, but uh, and I say that respectfully, but I'm sure you hear that everywhere. Like, look at this. Mm-mm. I mean, oh, I, they drive, yeah, they driving by in cars, yelling out the window, look at this MF. And I'm like, <laughs> 
I'm like, this is beautiful. Well, you, look, I mean, you know, you've, you've you've got an impact that's that's spanning beyond NOLA. Like I said, we one of our listeners, he called, I think he, he might have just tweeted, he was like, man, it's just a coincidence, but I, I didn't know you were going to have him on this morning, and I'm at work wearing my shirt that I bought from him that, you know, on the back says, look at this MFR, and it's got the, you know, it's got the logo and everything. So, uh, yeah, he's selling merch, supporting them, and, you know, I respect anybody that goes out there and carves out a niche for themselves. Now, you used to be in the car business, Devin. So this this question, well, shoot, you know what? I, I screwed up the segue. I forgot to ask you because you're a first-time guest. What is your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time? That's tough, man, and it's really only between two. But And, and I guess they're the, the two most popular ones, but it's got to be the sabotage or, or fight for your right, you know. Anytime I hear fight for your right, I still g- get amped up, you know. Just the beginning of the song. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get fired up. I love that. Yeah. It, you see, it, it still plays. It still plays. Yeah. I mean, it's old, but it still plays. Yeah, but it hits, man. Like, like you know, if you, if you got a gathering of even just, like, four or five people, man, it's like all five of those people, even if they don't know the Beastie Boys, they're going to be like, okay, all right, you know? So, uh, look, much respect to the Beastie Boys, man, the pioneers of a lot. No question, man. Uh, Hall of Famers and that song they made as a joke, it was ironic, and then it turned into, you know, a battle cry for generations of uh, party really, goers. Yeah. So you, you, you were in the, uh, the car business. So, like, what – what head coach to you in the NFL right now, or even college? I mean, any, any, let's say any football coach, which one do you look at and you're like, you know what, that SOB could sell a car. Like, it would work. Okay. Um, well, I don't know. I, I guess the first name that comes to my mind, he's not even active no more. But it's a coach that I always watched, I always uh, followed, and it, it's got to be Jim Moore. And not Jim Moore, Jim, Jim Moore. Uh, just because... His style was so, first of all, funny, comical. Um, but, you know, he was more like the people I know. And, and, and you know, I'm from St. Bernard Parish. Man, people loved Jim Moore when I was growing up. He was just, I don't know, man. There's something about him, bro. He's different. I've never really seen nobody like him since. Um, so I, that would be the first answer. As far as active coaches, shoot, man. <sighs> That's tough, man. Because it's definitely not like you know Dennis Allen or anything no. like that. Uh, I'm into those old school coaches, bro. You know, like I I remember when Dicker, uh, you know, was doing his antics with the Saints in the late '90s, back when we had guys like Kerry Collins at quarterback and stuff. So I, I'm more into old school guys. As far as former Saints coaches go, I do love Jim Mora. I can't stand Mike Dicker. Yeah, um, and and Mora just. There, there's something about being able to like call out someone in like a very sort of relentless way, and it's yeah. still it's still kind of like in a weird way funny and charming. Like when Dicky did it, it was like, dude, you just you just being a you just you suck, right? Like yeah, stop, yeah, like no you, you're trying to be a bully. And Mora, you know, <laughs> Buford Jordan, this former player, was on like a open access channel in New Orleans years ago, and they were talking, and he wasn't on the Saints anymore, but he's talking about some of their problems. And Moore just calls into the show, and he's like, I'm hearing you guys. This makes me want to puke. This is pathetic. And yeah. he's, I'm like, what kind of coach would do that? Well, Jim Moore, we have a clip that we play occasionally when I start just, you know, spouting stuff that the listeners think is BS of Jim Moore. Who said that? Scott. Scott. <laughs> Tell Scott he's full of 
I mean, yeah. I, I, I love Jim. I love Jim. That's yeah. a that's a good one. Um, he was so transparent, man. Like, and 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 if you were a reporter back then, and you had to, you you were waiting on Jim Moore to walk up, man, you had to be shaking in your pants because, like, he was gonna call you out for whatever you said. Yeah, you know, it was it was gonna happen. If you said something dumb, he was gonna let you hear it. You weren't gonna get away uh, with it. I, and, yeah, and, people, they used to ask him, "Hey, man, you know what are you gonna do with this guy? You know, being injured?" And and he would just. <laughs> He would just straight up tell him, man, like, that's why we got backups. You know, like, what did you think I was going to say? And and he wouldn't back down. There's an old, I think it's Hap Glotty where he's, you know, cursing. And he's like, what do you mean not meaningful football? That's the dumbest bleeping thing ever. He's like, well, you know yeah. what I mean. And he, or that one, the, the famous Moore clip where he's like, you think you know, but you don't know and you never will. The follow-up to it is a reporter that's like, well, you know, explain it. Like, do you, how would you tell us if we didn't know? He's like, I'll tell you this, you'll never know. Like, he wouldn't buckle yeah. to any of their, like, follow-ups. And there's just there was nobody like the great Jim Mora. Uh, Devin Snow's our guest uh, on Twitter at Snow Like John. Hold the mayo. Go check out the, uh, the daily blog. So, you know, uh, talking some betting here, you know, I the Rage Occasions, Louisiana Rage, they're 2-0. and They're an 11-point yep. favorite. They have the longest win streak in Division One football at 15 games. In games, they've been favored by double digits. I think they've won 29 in a row. Now, those aren't covers. Those are just straight-up wins. Right. But I feel like giving you this question, you might be biased because they're playing, they're playing rice. And, I mean, that's part of your thing. I mean, red beans and rice, you, <laughs> you know, the, the rice is key. I know people focus on the red beans, but the wrong rice can screw up any, any bowl of red beans and rice or gumbo. So uh, let's start it off with this. Cajuns are minus 11. That's a big spread on the road for a team that, uh, you know, lost a lot from a season ago. So how are you feeling this one? Well, I mean, uh, Rice is, to me, and I'm talking about the the team, um, that's got to be one of the worst teams in in the country. You know, Um, I, I would think that Lafayette handles business there easily. Uh, I, I've taken Lafayette the last two weeks on the cover. I don't think they covered last week. I'm pretty sure they didn't. Uh, could be wrong on that. But I know the first week they handled business. Um, I'm going to definitely look at that game hard, you know. I, I think that that should be almost a no-brainer, um, especially what a, what a program is today. You know, they, they've, made, they've made a lot of strides, bro. I know the Rage Cajun fans, they don't like, they don't like being referred to as Lafayette, though. They yeah, that's, well, that's, that's one. In, that's a school in Pennsylvania, is what they're going to tell you. I'm just that, well, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that actually last week for the first time. The Leopards, huh? Yeah, yeah. Every now <laughs> and then, like, uh, like uh, I won't name it, but like a brand store around here, like a chain, will obviously not know what they're doing. And then you walk in, not a locally owned place, and they'll have like Lafayette Leopard shirts, and it's like you don't, you don't know what's. You don't know they did cover uh, so so UL did cover last week oh, in yeah. Eastern Michigan. Oh yeah, yeah they, my bad. They covered by a lot. Yeah, they covered. Yeah, and then they, and then I took them. I took them that first week with Southeastern too. Uh, yeah, dude, I, I got no reason to think that they they shouldn't cover versus Rice. All right, here we go. Let's uh, let's talk about LSU, who is at home, and they are an underdog, betting underdog anyway, at home to a, a team coached by Mike Leach. The Tigers are plus two and a half against the Bulldogs. I know you're a Tiger fan. Um, how you, how you feeling this from a betting standpoint? I, I'm going to take the, the plus two and a half um, and, and may even look at the money line uh, as well. Just because, man, like the main thing for me is LSU can't lose this game. And I know we said that about the Florida State game. 
Um, I know a lot of people said that. LSU cannot lose this game. You know, I, I don't care if Bad Bryant is, is coaching uh, Mississippi State. You, it doesn't matter. You have to win this game, right? Um, because you're about to play a bunch of games that, you know, you're going to have to win too. Mississippi State, first conference game, you got to take care of business, man. Brian Kelly, you got to do it, bro. I don't know how you're going to do it, uh, but I did see a lot of – you look, man, Jaden Daniels is it. I, I really do think he is. Um, so I think as the, as the season continues, man, um, we're going to see more and more from him. And uh, I, I think that they, they win. I, I don't think that they just cover. I think that they win too. Devin Snow, our guest, hold the mayo, at Snow Like John on Twitter. The Saints, Devin, plus two and a half. They're home underdogs to a team that – you know, in the regular season, they've owned um, even Tampa's coach and players are like, yeah, it's not really a rivalry. I mean, we gotta we gotta win a little more right. to call it that. Their fans, you know, they're insecure. They can't figure out that the Saints rivals the Falcons. But as far as this game goes, man, I mean, it, Saints won last week. They didn't cover. They won, but they looked awfully rusty. How are you feeling about this matchup? Nobody's covering now. You know, like look at last night, real quick. Like look at last night, uh, uh, Kansas City. You you could I, I would have put um um a million dollars on Kansas City covering at one point in that game you know third quarter um they After still the pick found six yeah they, yeah they still found a way somehow like I almost almost couldn't even believe it like when 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 the clock hit zero in the fourth quarter and I saw that that was a three point game I was like oh wait that just happened they didn't Kansas City didn't cover nobody's covering um so. I don't know, man, but th- th- as far as the Saints, I, I think that any time they play the Bucks, uh the worst fan base in the world. They're just such uh, in oblivion. But, you know, when they play the Bucks, uh I think that they always got the advantage. Why? Because I don't care who it is, Tom Brady, whoever, if you're sitting in the, in the, in the pocket like that, the Saints, that, that's, the, that's the quarterbacks that they pray to face, right? Uh, the Saints don't want to deal with a dude running out the pocket, running the option, you know, what may have you, but the ones that just sit like that, man, we're going to get there, right? And I think that's why we've been so successful against the Bucks as of late because we've been getting on Brady. The Saints prefer to play Tom Brady than Jalen Hurts. Someone that doesn't follow this team would say that's crazy. Anyone that follows the Saints knows that's true. I mean, it's, yep. it's facts. Um, I mean, and, yeah, and then, I mean, so the only thing you really need to take care of is you need to take care of Fournette on the ground, which they usually do pretty good. Uh, you know, last week was the first time you really saw the Saints give up 100 yards on, on the ground, and I don't even know how long. Well, it's 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 any it's any it's anybody except the Eagles. The Eagles, like the last yeah. two times they played them, rushed for over 100. No one else did. And so Atlanta, so it was a little concerning, but you know, it was week one. Right? How much right. do you how much do you take from it? Um, you know, if the Saints, I'm with you, Dev. If they get it, it really, if they get pressure on Brady, if they get pressure with say, they didn't get last week, but if they get pressure with the D line, you know, they win this game. And if they win, obviously they cover because it's plus two and a half. But Saints are um, getting points at home, and I'm anxious for this one at noon. What what is what is the perfect? I mean, I know you're known for red beans and rice, but like, what in your opinion is the perfect game day food? Uh, I got, I got to, I mean, wings, you know, if you can get some, some, whether you make them on your own or you go get them from somewhere, I love me some, some, some fire wings, uh, just, you know, sit in front of the TV, eating some wings. Uh, if I'm out and about, like I'm going to the game Sunday, um, you know, really 
I got to say, anything, anything coming off the grill, uh, you're walking around, you're drinking, you're buzzed up, man, I'll eat hot dogs, uh, hamburgers, uh, you know, chicken wings, whatever you got. Um, and then I saved the red beans for Monday. You know, it's the perfect uh, after game day tradition right there, man. That's, that, it, it doesn't get any – look, man, the feeling that I had over my body on Monday after the Saints won the first game of the year – and then able to eat red beans the next day. I've never felt like such a winner, man. It was it was just a beautiful feeling. What was that the 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 baby snack box is what it was? Dude, yeah. I, That's and I I love places like that. You know, serve it out of a window. You you don't even go inside. Uh, you you just sweat your face off until your food comes, and then you just take it all in. And they had snowballs, uh, fresh squeezed lemonade, um, everything, bro. If I lived next to the baby snack box. I'd be 300 pounds. It, 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 when I watch your videos, I get hungry. I mean, that's the bottom line. And when I used to live in New Orleans years ago, I would, uh, there were a number of like gas stations that sold some po' boys that that was where I would go. Now, in Lafayette, we have some great po' boy spots, and there is some good gas station food as well. But there are so many spots in New Orleans that if it's not a gas station, it's, it's a place like Baby Snack Box where right. if you discover it. Now, how do you, I mean, how many places, so you've, you've repeated once or twice, but how many different places have you gone to to eat red beans and rice in the greater New Orleans area over the last few years? A hundred, uh, so with the exception of three, and I remember them like yesterday, you know, it was hurricane night, I had to make them over a fire uh, in my backyard, you know, so, I mean, nobody was open and nobody had lights or whatever, right? So I had to make them with some sticks and a fire in my backyard. I went to Blue Oak twice and then i went to uh tracy's twice but other than that every every place has been a different spot uh probably a hundred and 15 of them have been all in the city of new orleans uh the rest of them were like in you know kenna mattery uh you know what may have you but um yeah man it's it's crazy to think because i remember when i was at like number 20 and people were like man you're gonna run out of spots and I haven't heard from them people since, you know, like it's it's I, I'm going to wake up on Monday morning. I never know what I have planned. I just look at it then, uh, just like I did with baby snack box. And uh, once I find a gym, man, I go straight to it. I mean, you, you did wanted the bowling alley in Harahan, which was <laughs> which was class. I mean, but then the beans are kind of like the, they, you know, it's what you expected them to taste like from a bowling alley. You know, was, I mean, yeah. Right when I walked in there, you know, I don't know what it looked like in 1962, but I felt like I was in 1962 when I walked in that place, man. It was, dude, you ain't never seen so many senior citizen athletes than, than on a, just a Monday during the day uh, at Colonial Lanes Bowling Alley in Harahan. When they break out, like, the glove, you yep. know what I mean? It's like they, they, they'll slowly walk over to the bowling alley. I mean, to the to the to the whatever you call the thing that shoots the balls out, and they'll pick it up, and then suddenly they're just like lean and spry for about five seconds. They get this twist off of the like glove, and then they're just you know they're strolling back. I'm like, how do they? How does how does one master this art? But yeah, and when as soon as you see those gloves, I know exactly what you're talking about. Those like wrist gloves or whatever. Yeah, dude, dude. Right when I walked in, I saw them on everybody, and I was like, okay, these guys. I was like. This ain't like they just came here today and they come every now and then. Like they pack in house every day and, and they they rolling these balls. 
htmsports.com if you want to read more about his stops along the way and uh, some other stuff. Devin Snow is our guest. What, uh, what, what in your mind is the biggest key to making sure it's a good red beans and rice? Uh, well, you got it. So, so I, I think the main thing is, man, is I, I, I love a good hock, right? Okay. So you got to throw a hock in there. I know some people, they don't even really think about the hock. You got to throw like a, a torpedo ham hock in there, uh, some type of different meat, you know, pickled meat, whatever may have you. Um, and, and I think that that's where your flavor comes from. And you never want to make this stuff too buttery. If there's one type of red beans I, I just can't stand, a la the, the Colonial Lanes, uh, it's like buttery red beans. I'll never understand that. You know, there's a reason why they got red beans and there's a reason why they got butter beans. Both are great. But they they very different, and they and, and and there shouldn't be too much butter in, in red beans, in my opinion. What what are your thoughts on on white beans and sausage? I like white beans. I used to buy white beans at the car dealership all the time. They had this guy, the pie man, who I went and uh-huh. seen recently. Where do you take a yeah. look at this? Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he uh, legend. He would bring by you know everything in the back of his truck, but you know he had some really good white beans. I like them. Um, I just think that red beans will always have, you know, that, that more kick, uh, that more flavor, obviously. And uh, red beans are the original tradition, man. I, I don't care what anybody says. That is that is the greatest tradition in the world. Yeah, and uh, for those, you know, it, it dates back to New Orleans and the leftover ham and the laundry and all that stuff. But it is it is a tradition. And I'll be honest, Devin, like, I I was, I'm kind of, red beans and rice were always okay for me. But then, man, when I started watching your videos, I guess last spring, it made me start wanting to eat more red beans and rice. Like it did. And we've just been cooking it more. And then, like, it's one of the few things, like, my young kids will eat. So, I don't know, man. You, you're, your video blogging and show and series has gotten me eating more red beans. I got to give it to you. <laughs> well, I grew, you know, like many, I grew up where, you know, we'd eat red beans on Mondays. And then my, my, my family, my stepmom, my dad, like, they were the type of people where, you know, they did leftovers. So, man, we were eating red beans on Tuesday. You know, it was, and it was almost one of those things where, like, I'd get home from school and I'd be like, yeah, well, you know, always ask, what are we eating? And my stepmom would be like, oh, we're just going to have leftover red beans. I'd be like, man, damn. You know, like, kind of kind of upset. Um, just because we, we, always, we always ate it. And fa- fast forward to now, man, it's there's so much more than just the red beans too about it you know uh look at some of this stuff that i've had on the plate right i've had like barbecue ribs yams yams and beans you know uh potato salad right next to the red bean yeah yeah you know all these things um these elements that can go into the plate um and there's just nothing like it bro in the country it really isn't man like uh, a hot plate with red beans a meat uh you know Potato salad, respect your body, and cornbread. You can't forget the cornbread, the most essential thing of red beans and rice. I feel like cornbread. So, what, potato salad with gumbo or cornbread with red beans and rice? Are they are they equally as important, or is is one light years above the other? I like them both. Um, I would say that red beans and corn. And, and you got some people that don't like that because they think it dries up the red beans, which it kind of does. But it's like, man. Cornbread, the right cornbread with red beans, man, like it's definitely a combination that you want to try. You know, I, it's just, I, I feel like a sweet 
cornbread. Yeah. And then red beans that have, you got to have a kick, right? I don't want anything bland with some pepper, the mix with the spice and the sweet, and you mix it together. That's, that's the ticket for me anyway. Yeah, man. I just love sprinkling the cornbread all over the red beans and just going to town. You know, and that's the thing with 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 these plates, man. Every everything is uh, everything can go with everything. You know, I've eaten everything with red beans. I've eaten, you know, barbecue chicken inside the red beans. I mean, just everything, any type of combination. Uh, it's just it's all good to me. Devin Snow, our guest uh, at Snow Like John on Twitter, RBNR Day. Check it out. Follow him on social media, TikTok and Twitter, and you can check it out each week. What um. Are there any plans of maybe taking the show on the road to other parts of Louisiana at some point? Yeah, and and I kick it around and stuff. It's no 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 rush for me because I'm still growing, uh, and and I mean that financially as well. So as as that as as them things get better, you know, I do want to go different places and not just Louisiana, man. Like I want to like low key Bourdain this stuff, you know. Um, drop me off by the Alamo in San Antonio. And just and 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 then I'll run the camera. I'll go find the food. You know things like that. Uh, I, I'm definitely I want to expand and do. Um, but I'll always you know I'll always eat red beans somewhere on a Monday. I'm not even tripping on that ever you know ending. I'll just one day I'll just be at peace with it and maybe stop filming it. But we're not even close to that. Devin Snow's been our guest. All right, man. Let's wrap it up. Getting back to a bet for a moment. A franchise that you and I are both fans of supported for years i mean i was working the cameras courtside when they moved from charlotte back in the day and we were in <laughs> Orleans hornage year number one uh david wesley once fell off of a rebound on top of me and almost separated my shoulder but a lot of time following this team and you know hadn't been to a conference finals yet one of only two teams in the nba but the mm. tide started turning last year and yep. you could feel it you could see it you know, being in the arena for the play-in against the Spurs and the playoff against the Suns, you could you could feel it. Um, you know, my my kid loves Zion. He loves Jonas. He's he was wearing both jerseys yesterday, one on top of the other. Um, <laughs> Pelicans are a plus forty for the uh, Southwest Division. Not not as good odds as the Mavs or the Grizzlies. Rockets, Spurs are like you know plus five hundred. But where are you at with the Pelicans, man? You know, plus forty. To win the Southwest, I know they're not the favorite, but but how you feeling about Zion being back and, and the Pelicans' expectations this year? Uh, I mean, look, man, I always start with when talking about Zion by saying, hey, just remember, this is a generational talent. I don't care how long he's been out. I don't care what's been said, you know, what we had to go through. This dude is a generational talent. He's never proven Otherwise, when he was on the court. So let's just not forget that every time Zion suited up for the Pelicans, he put up very significant numbers, right? Uh, I think it was somewhere along the lines of an average of, what was it, 27 and 10 or something like that. Uh, Zion is every, and I mean, this guy's only what? How, how old is Zion now? Tw- 22, 20? I think, 21 or 22. Dude, dude, I mean, throw him in the mix, there's zero chance that he's not going to make a significant more impact than somebody like Jackson Hayes. You see what I'm saying? Like, we were running Jackson Hayes sometimes at the four. Uh, uh, you, you throw Zion in there, we're going to be substantially a better team. Jonas, love Jonas. Like, 
legit. Like, take Zion out the equation last year. Jonas was my favorite player. Same, same, man. Yeah. I, I, my kid wanted me to, I can't grow a beard. I mean, I have one now, but he's like, yeah. he, he was like, you got to try to grow that. I'm like, it ain't going to look like that, but I'll do it because, I mean, I love Jonas. I love Jonas making fun of LeBron as well and lift the win. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't care. He just doesn't care about what the other teams think. And you need, you need a banger next to Zion, somebody that when things are getting nasty can just go and throw his weight around. And those two guys, I mean, you try to play down low in the paint against those two, I mean, you're going to be hitting the ice bath for days after that. It really was a beautiful signing by, by the Pelicans, man, because, I mean, dude, the impact that Jonas had in the playoffs, you know, that Jonas showed up, you know, and, 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 and look, the one thing I'd, I'd say flaw-wise about Jonas is he'll get tired, you know, to where you get you just got to take him out for a few minutes. Um, but I mean, he's hilarious on the court. His his body language is like top ten funniest dudes in the NBA. Uh, it's just like he's like if he's got a call against him, he's gonna make a really ridiculous face. Um, but he man, that dude can ball. You know what I'm saying? And it's not like he's just banging down low either. Like he'll take a, a fadeaway jumper. You know, it's it's um. I love how Jonas plays. B.I., uh, C.J. is just going to have to shoot a little better, but I think you know having Zion on the court is going to open that up, get him some better shots. Um, I think – I mean, I don't think it's a reach to, to, to say that, that the Pelicans can win the division, um, but we're going to know. That's the thing about the Pels. We're going to know within the first 10, 15, 20 games. You think, though? I mean, like last year we didn't. You think, you think we're going to know through like just a couple yeah. of weeks? Well, yeah, yeah, I think it's going to have to be that way because we can't do another last year. Yeah, what I mean by that is the beginning. We can't do that no more. Even though that was great, it's nice to talk about uh, in hindsight and all that. We can't do that again, man. We got to, we got the Pels got to start hot. Devin Snow's been our guest. Um, Yeah, Gerald, your old uh, buddy who also does lots of food videos on social media. I don't remember if it was you or him that put up a picture of y'all at like an old New Orleans Hornets playoff game, but that was some good stuff, man. For I mean, point is, I remember seeing that. And I'm like, all right, all right, they, these these dudes have been they've been riding with the franchise for a while, and oh, yeah. it, you know, you you've had the hardcores that have been there, but it's it hadn't been a huge number. Let's be real, people have kind of come and go. There hadn't been that staying power moment like Chris Paul. It felt like, oh, this is staying. Didn't happen. You know, right. AD, maybe it's going to, and they fire Monty. Okay, now they sweep the Blazers. Nope, they can't re-sign anybody, and he starts planning his way out before the season even starts. And it, it, it finally feels like this moment, Devin, has staying power, and they just, they got to capitalize right here. They can't screw this up. They got to strike right now because it seems like maybe for the first time since the franchise has been in NOLA, they have a chance to really make something stick and worthwhile and not just kind of, give the hardcores a hope that ends up being a flash in the pan. I, I think this is legitimate, and I think we're going to be having fun with this team for a while. Yeah, man, and just, I mean, it was so much fun last year, too. You know, and and, and, and the Pels got their best supporters, man. Like, on Twitter, you know, Pels Twitter, uh, the, tw- the, the, the Pels 12. Oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's just unlike any. Like, when, when, when the Lakers lose, it's just a great night. For Pelicans fans, oh, even if they're not even playing us, we they just, just pop you know. up in the spaces and you know have, have <laughs> yeah. words in there. There's something about being tied too to their failure helping the Pelicans draft wise. It just it makes every one of their losses even more fun. It's a blessing, man. I'm I'm glad it worked out like that to where it, we are tied in like that and we could enjoy their uh, their lack of optimism so much.
All right, Devin, before I let you run, man, let our listeners know how they can uh, check out your content. I'm on Twitter. That's my main, that's my primary platform. I tell people if you want to really kind of get to know what I what I all what I got going on, uh, other than just red beans, I'm on Twitter at Snow Lake John J O N N. I'm on uh, Instagram. You could just look, look up Hold the Mayo HTM Sports whatever. Uh, TikTok same thing Snow Lake John. Um, and then I'm also man, there's so many freaking platforms now, man. I'm on Facebook. Uh, you know, but Twitter's uh, the main one. Twitter's, I mean, I'm on yeah. all that stuff too, but I really only on a regular Twitter. basis I'm on Twitter. So, that, same man, best best app in the world, uh, Twitter at Snow Lake John. And then I write blogs and nobody reads www.htmsports.com. That's where I got merch too. So. I read it yesterday. I read it yesterday. But, you know, yeah, I, was, been, I, was, I was kind of preparing for our conversation. So, I'm not going to lie. I hadn't been reading it a ton before that. I won't lie to you. No, dude, that's all right, man. Like I've been saying that that that's been my line since 2019, man. I knew when I started writing, nobody was gonna read them damn blogs. Well, let's change it. HTMSports.com. Everybody, go check it out, Devin. Man, this was awesome. This was fun. Let's uh, let's do it again in the future. Yeah, no doubt, Scott. I appreciate you, man. All right, you got it. Take a look at that, mother. <clears throat> Big shout out to John. That was fun, man. Dude brings it. I mean, I did have to point out, you know, you don't want to be calling him Lafayette here. It's not good. But we had some fun with it. That was good. I enjoyed it. Go check it out, man. Guy's built his own his own thing. Hadn't had a company behind him. Hadn't had anything like that. Like he said, went through a couple of years of not making any money. But good to see him doing well, man. We're going to take a quick time out. We'll come back. The uh, college game day, heading to Boone. What does it mean? for the future of G5 schools and the possibility that college gaming will go there. I'll tell you next. This is the Great Scott Show, and I'll give you all you got Friday on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Everybody in the state of Louisiana going to sleep or winning tonight because everybody eating their red beans, whole squad on the red beans, whole team on the red beans, the queen might have died. But tradition didn't. It lives forever. Greatest tradition in the world. The biggest names in sports are talking to you every day on the Rich Eisen Show with me, Rich Eisen. I know! Every weekday from noon to 3, right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I never talked to Devin before. That was fun. Went longer than I anticipated, but it's because it was working. College game day, heading to Boone. College game day in Boone. You start to see photos, and the whole campus at App State is getting into it. They're going nuts. Now, when it comes to college game day, what came first, the chicken or the egg? When you bring college game day to a campus, there's going to be a strong turnout because it's college game day. But they're not going anywhere that doesn't have a great atmosphere. And say what you want about App State, they got a great atmosphere. Did you see the videos last week when they beat Texas A&M on the road immediately what was happening 
around the campus and in downtown Boone, North Carolina. They were jumping in the lake. They were swimming with the ducks. They were partying. They were drinking. It was, it was awesome. Objectively, it was awesome. And you know, I, I Cajun fans, I've saw, I think saw some of them. Troy, like, man, think they'd ever come here? I'm like, you got to have an atmosphere like that where a campus, if there's a big win on the road, they're all going to be jumping in the lake with the Gators, or, or at least maybe not. Don't do that at UL. You want to be safe. But my point is, you got to have that kind of edge and that kind of atmosphere. I'd love to see it, but unless it's you know a, a historic game. Army Navy, or you know, a, a big traditional game that involves FCS or HBCUs or something like that, they're typically not going to be at a campus that's not a Power Five for a game that's going to be on ESPN Plus, which was App State and Troy. App State kind of earned this moment, but no, this is not going to become a trend. But watch College Game Day on Saturday and watch how that community. And that fan base goes nuts and makes it worthwhile. Because I promise you they will. And for all G5s, all of you, it's the standard you want to go for. Let's just be real. Louisiana taking on Rice. Cajuns. Lines moved a little bit. Now minus 11. First road game. They're a better team. They're a better team than Rice. They're a better team. But the reality is the Cajuns have played four good quarters and four bad quarters this season. First half against Southeastern, great. Second half, eh. First half against Eastern Michigan, eh, eh. Second half, yep, yep, yep. Really good, really good. You need four quarters of good football. You don't need a half and half. 4.30 pregame tomorrow, 6.30 kickoff. Looking forward to it. Have a great weekend, everybody. Monday morning, the head coach of Louisiana, will they make it 16 in a row? We'll find out. We'll be talking to Coach Michael Desimo at 7.15 on Monday. To all of you, we'll review what should be another great weekend of football. Can't wait. The Dan Patrick Show is next. Thanks to Gus. Thanks to Devin. Thanks to all of you, to the callers. It's been a great Give Me All You Got Friday. I'll talk to you guys on Monday. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. The NFL's opening weekend was wild and action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. What's up, everybody? It's Scott Prather telling you that new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly at DraftKings Sportsbook. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of the DraftKings early win promotion. It's pretty simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 1420 and get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1420 only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms of DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call one 877 zero Stop. And he's coming back. Okay. Right. Still, it was still it was, decent. It was still decent here this morning, but obviously, you know, we're we're west of you. But um, 
Man, I mean, we got a lot to get into. Uh, did you watch any of the Thursday night game last night? I did. I did. Um, you know, it, it's really incredible. The um, the quarterback play, just really the, the feel of it all, and and really, out of those two teams, you know, just just battle, man. And tell you, man, it's one of those things where if if you got a guy that can make some plays at, at quarterback, and at the eight, you know, at the same time, Richard Sherman was saying at the end of the game too, you know. Some of those defensive players for the Chargers could have changed the game instead of held oh. on to the football and made some interceptions. Yeah. I felt like Pat Mahomes could have thrown six interceptions. Absolutely. Uh, you know, but, um, dude, it's nuts. But you go back to, I mean, the play that changed everything was the pick six in the end zone. And, you know, I keep saying this, man, and I don't know, Scott, if it's on the coach or not, but, you know, you, you know I've said it on my show, too, when it comes to talk about Sean and his future with Peyton, that is. And the Chargers are a team that I that I've brought up because of their head coach, and you know he's all about tempo and trying to do that. And the guy that they're trying to throw the football to looks like he's about to throw up on he, the field. Gus, he, I mean, you're right. Like Kirk Herbstreit, now Michaels, they they pointed it out, and they did a great job on the broadcast. Like Everett, call, he after that play where he's just you know, rumbling down inside the five-yard line, yeah. he asked to come out of the game because he was absolutely gassed. He asked to come out. Like, no, 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 stay, stay, stay. And, yes, you want to go up tempo, but sometimes, man, you know, you don't you don't think about the exhaustion it is on certain players. He was gassed, and no. that's not an excuse. You can't stop on your route. You can't, and that's what led no. to the pick no six. And he didn't even bother trying to catch the guy. He was so tight, he just threw his mouthpiece down. He couldn't down. even walk. I mean, he, yeah. he was wobbling. He looked like he had gotten a right hook right, right at right. the one-yard line, right when the pass was intercepted. He literally took two steps, and his head is down. And you can see with the, it's either spit or something's coming out of his helmet, Scott. And, and, and again... I, I, you're right. I mean, you, you can't give it up, you know, and I, and I saw some players, you know, tweet and suck it up and all that. I mean, man, that's real easy to say. I'm not in that thing. But more importantly, man, it, it's sort of like, it's the thing that I have with these coaches that have been hired that were quote unquote offensive coordinators, under head coaches that were calling plays, whether it's McDaniels, uh, you know, in, in Miami, when, Kyle Shanahan essentially does that, right? It's the reason why no one wants to give the enemy perhaps the shot or something. But, you know, you look at literally what happened with Nathaniel Hackett on Monday. I mean, he well, that was a, that was a offensive coordinator yeah. guy. Right. I mean, look, I keep saying this over and over. Hire coaches, man. Hire coaches. And it, you, it, it's hard. It takes time. Now, will these guys get better the more they do it? Sure. But, Scott, I opened up the show Monday and I tell you another guy that you know that I've always said another dude that will be on the hot seat, and which is crazy because he went to the Super Bowl and they gave him an extension for some reason. That's that guy in Cincinnati, Zach Taylor. You know, Joe Burrow can't be sacked seven times, dude, in the opener. And I don't want to hear Pittsburgh has a good defense and all that. It's literally the reason you lost the Super Bowl. It's literally how you almost didn't get to the Super Bowl last year, and it, it, it's darn near criminal that you would have the season open. And he throws three picks and seven, you know. Five um, turnovers, four four interceptions. I mean, he he got sacked seven times. I'm like, because, and I go back to the reason I'm sitting there going, and I'm feeling like this, is I just go back to something that I don't know if I've mentioned to you in the past. I probably did. But that playoff game against the Titans, I'm going back and forth with a buddy of mine who covers the Saints. Sean DMs him 
off of a tweet that he posted about how bad and poor the offensive line play is playing by the Bengals. And, you know, he screenshots it to me and sends it to me. And it's Sean Payton saying this is what they need to do, but it's literally specifically about the protection. And, it, again, I don't know if that would have fixed it. You know, and we can sit there and say, well, Gus, you know, the Saints have had issues with protection. I understand that, but there's a reason why he was a good coach, and that's experience, and that's understanding some things. And I think a lot of these quote-unquote play callers, play designers, they don't think about that from that aspect of it. You know, that, that's what I'm looking at yesterday. You know, it's, I know you want to go tempo. I know you have momentum and all that stuff. This is a chance to win on the road. You take your time. You, you make sure you have the right play call. You know, you, you, you just, you're inside the five, man. It's like, you, you can't rush it. And, you know, at the end of the day, why don't cost it them? And they still had a chance there at the end. It was that guy who um, is incredible, Herbert, man. I think he plays his best in the fourth quarter with a deficit. And I hope he's okay with, with broken rest, ribs. You know, but, it, it was, oh. the, the game was very, a reminder that, like, even though they're in L.A., they're still just the Chargers. I mean, the roster is super talented. They outplay the Chiefs the majority of the night. They have a couple of uh, uh, calls that are bad calls by the refs to go against them. I mean, the, the, but two interceptions, you know, one they called the defensive hole, which was horrendous. Another one they claimed Samuel didn't catch it, which he did. Um, and then just an absolutely crippling like huge, I mean, there's no bigger turn in a, in a sporting event, in a football game anyway, than a pick six that goes the distance, right? The whole length of the field. Right. No, I mean, it's, it's a 14-point swing in a matter of seconds. I mean, yeah. there's nothing bigger than that. It was the backbreaker. And the only thing it was missing was a couple of just crucial missed kicks, and then it would have been full-on chargers. I mean, this is a team I have a futures on. I, I, I think... They've got incredible talent. They didn't even have Keenan Allen, who's you know one of the best receivers in the league last night. And they were still there on the road on a short week, and they could have won it, and you know they they didn't. And the Chiefs, even when they don't play their best, you know the ball seems to bounce their way. Right side of a couple of calls, Patrick Mahomes, they win the game. It, it felt very much like that from a from a production standpoint. What do you make of? I, I thought I thought you know first of all Amazon. I, I know that, that, that older folks were, I mean, I've got, I have smart TVs. That's what I watch TV. So it wasn't, right. it wasn't a big deal to me, but I can't believe I didn't think about it until I saw someone tweet it last night. And like, I'm, I was almost mad that I hadn't even thought about it. You know, it's hard to change the channel and, and, and surf when you're watching Amazon Prime and you're less mm-hmm. likely to channel surf when it's the Thursday night game. Instead of a game like on a on a on a on a on a Sunday or even a Monday, I mean, I know some football fans like to surf and you know, watch a little wrestling. You know, like it, it, it maybe back when Thursday night football was on a different channel, maybe you're checking out a college game. So you're sitting there, you got it on Prime. You're not. It's it's a lot harder to just channel surf, and so they've got you. Now the production was great, but they've got you, and they happen to open it up with just a terrific game and a terrific matchup. So uh, Amazon was probably you know. Uh, Chiefs aside, I think Amazon was the biggest winner last night. It, it can be. Um, I, again, I, I do think just like anything else, though, Scott, it, it's really um, on how you, you you consumed it. And what I mean by that is I think based off of your Internet um, speed and what you have, it's the experience you had. I saw a lot of people complaining about the lagging, the lip syncing and all that, and that's just buffering it out of your upload and download speed. I mean, it, it literally is that simple. If you have 
um, a, a lot of pull on your, you know, on your stream. Oh, I got the Ethernet cord on have, the smart TVs, man. Just, just right. go well, straight into thing, it. It's like, um, for me, it was it was clearer than what I watched on broadcast. I think, to be honest with you, now I have, you know. I, I mean, I like the one thousand whatever you know thingamajig, you know whatever. Then I have, you know, a fiber. So mine was perfect. I mean, it was it was Anna actually made the comment it was almost too bright. Um, you know, so it, it was perfect. The sound, the quality, I mean, everything was fine for me. Now I can see if you don't have you know the, the higher end why you would do that because it's just sort of like when you first click on it until it, it catches up and it gets its settings and bearings on it where it's a little grainy and all that. But to your point, it, it, it's true. I mean, I, you know, I have to go to the app and do that. So I can't exactly channel surf or do all those other things. And I, I do wonder too, though, because like when the game started, I, um, you know, it started with a 720 and Carver goes to bed, 745, thinking be down for eight. You know, there was still a few minutes of bubble guppies going on. So I I started the game, Scott, on my phone while I was sitting next to him. And then once he went to bed, that's when I put it on on the TV. So from that aspect of it, it is interesting. And, you know, it's, I think that, that we've talked about this, man, in the future with the Sunday ticket and what's coming. You know, it's 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 going to be like that where – Wherever you are, however you are, that's that's what you're going to see. And most people now watch it on tablets, watch it on their TVs, like you said, stream it. And here's the other aspect of it, too, man. You're enjoying a nice evening outside, whereas before you can't really watch cable or a game or whatever if it's on there. And now now with your smart TVs that you can buy for nothing that you throw out there. I watched it outside. I watched the second half outside last night. I feel like amongst this conversation, you, you pointing out, you know, the, the, those that might have had issue with, you know, the Internet or streaming. It's like, is this when Amazon just later this year drops? Hey, we're, we're, we're going to start supplying the best, you know, fiber Internet everywhere. We're getting in on the Internet game and then they will they'll, they'll promote it by saying never have to buffer an NFL game again. Like maybe this is just part of their long. They pay sixty seven million dollars a game. Right mm-hmm. to broadcast. I mean, that's that's yeah. a lot. I mean, that, that's going to be a higher budget than you know almost every TV show, except for something that's maybe on Amazon, like the Lord of the Rings series. But point is, man, that is um, that I, I thought I thought the quality was great. I thought that Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit were terrific. I thought that mm-hmm. Richard Sherman and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, they were good. Everybody, you know, Gonzalez was okay, but like Carissa Thompson's great. Like from a a production standpoint it felt to me like better than what we've seen on the nfl network or it bouncing around from fox one week cbs the next nfl network only the next it's just i mean i i get why somebody that's not as uh engaged in the internet on a daily basis hates it i get it but i mean when you're getting you know billions to stream one game a week, uh, and that's where yeah. everything's going. I certainly get why the it NFL's doing it, and I get why Amazon's yeah. doing it. And they get to sit there, and they get to promote all of their products throughout a broadcast where people are a lot less likely to channel surf than whenever they're watching it on regular TV. So uh, well, a big win right. for uh, – I, I don't know – we don't know the numbers yet. We don't know, and I don't even know if Amazon will even release well, them. But 
here's the, here's the other thing, Scott, too, that um, I don't know if you noticed when you go to it. Because, hey, like you said, I mean, a lot of it is what, what your habits are and what you're used to doing. And I know for people that are probably 10 years younger than me, if not less, I mean, I, 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 don't, I can't remember the last time I had a conversation with somebody, whether it was a two-lane women's basketball trip or, or just normal people at the gym talking about Netflix, right? So people are already used to going to an app to do things. Hulu, one of the big things that people were complaining with the new Bally's um, yeah, deal right. is about, you know, the fact that it came off of Hulu and you can't watch it on YouTube TV. My, my brother-in-law literally on let's say Friday, on Wednesday, dropped cable and joined YouTube TV using Verizon Internet. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's what's happening, you know, all around now. And I think one of the things that you see is um, just the habits are going to be changing. Like, you know, you, you and I both have young kids, so I, I don't know what it's like to go an entire day where I don't turn on my Apple TV and, you know, pull yeah. up Disney Plus or Paramount Plus or... You know, Bro, that's all. Movie. That's I mean, all I, we have in my house. I mean, I, 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 I cut the cord. I never watch regular back, TV. Right. I, I cut the cord whenever COVID hit, um, and right. live sports went away, and I never went back. And I'm still able to watch everything I need to watch. But right. I, you know, you know, and I and I will be watching the Saints this Sunday. Although Gus, man, I mean, I'm gonna have to. So I got two more weeks of the daughter's soccer, right? And uh, last week I was, I, I was, I went. Did the soccer thing. It's right during the game. I turned my phone off completely, despite the fact that I keep mm-hmm. track, check, you know, keep tabs on my blood sugar as a type one diabetic on my phone. I was like, nope, nope, I'm turning it off because it's going to get spoiled. You know, there's like one or two people I'm talking to at the game. I'm like, don't tell me anything. Like, okay, we won't, you know. And then one guy, a friend of mine's like, oh, dude, Scott, I, ju- I just checked the score. And he had this sour look on his face. I'm like, what? Are you, like, don't. He's like, I'm not going to tell you. I'm like, you don't have to. You just told me with your body language. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then I found out it was only halftime. And then I went home. So I, you know, I, I got the sense that it wasn't looking good at half. But I watched the game. And, you know, I didn't have time to sort of process between all the craziness, like, you know, the, the amount of time a regular viewer would, because I'm just fast forwarding to the next play. So it all happened so quick. And I was, I mean, it was, it went from, you know, pain, pain, just every, all over, just pain, agony, you know, just, just, just anger, frustration to just complete euphoria, to just humor, laughing at the Falcons. Like it was, it had, it had a little bit of everything, um, and I know, you know, we've kind of put that one behind us. What I want to ask you as we segue into the Saints now, Gus, and, and I try not to get spoiled again this Sunday, what what from last week, in your opinion, is the number one thing on the list? Because there's a lot, but the number one thing on the list the Saints absolutely must improve on to start 2-0 and this week. I mean, that's an easy one, and that's one that I'm sure everyone feels um, and that's one way, shape, or form, protection and a quicker start, right? And the reason why I say that is it was interesting to me the last two days when you hear guys in the locker room afterwards talking about practice. Um, it, it was interesting listening to Pete Carmichael yesterday. He said in out of the four sacks, they only gave three explanations, but he said one one was on protection, one was on a running back, and one was on the quarterback. And 
you know, Dennis Allen on Monday said that he thought Jameis held it uh, onto it one or two times more than he should have. That said, he said the protection was something that had to change. And, you know, I, I think what was interesting is you heard, you know, Winston after the game kind of mentioned it as well, that he thought that it was a situation that he had some, some worries about the first game, whether it was jitters, whether it was, you know, working together. And, you know, it's something that I guess can easily be forgotten, right? But it legitimately was the first time those 11 players took a snap together when they opened up the game. I mean, it's the first time all five offensive linemen have played in a, in, in a preseason game. It was the first time that, you know, because James Hurst didn't. So, because uh, remember, Penning got hurt you know, in that Chargers game. So when you take a look at uh, all that, you know, Michael Thomas didn't play. I mean, uh, literally all of those guys had not played together in a game. So trying to get their timing down and all of that. And um, I, I, I just, I also think too, when it comes to Jamison, whether he was holding the ball or, you know, not making the decision, I felt like literally, and I might have touched on it with you when I was, um, you know, uh, talking to you on Wednesday, I said, I-, I felt like I spent most of my show talking about Jameis Winston and, you know, defending him or just really just talking about his play. And, uh, you know, I had people call, say he's a bottom tier quarterback. And I'm like, look, if he doesn't hold on to that ball and he throws it under duress and pressure and he's throwing three or four picks, Scott, what's, what's our shows this week? You know? So I, I I think when you have an entire season last year of him, you know, being told by Sean Payton, don't, you know, commit turnovers, don't make mistakes, don't do all these different things. And, and he's trying not to do that again here. And literally on some of those sacks, you, you see two black jerseys coming right up the middle after he snaps the ball. I mean, it was, it was insane because I'm watching that game and I know while you're doing the soccer thing, I'm sitting going, did this team practice? And then I went, oh, yeah, right. They, they actually haven't. They haven't really, yeah. you know, played together that much. So I, I think what I took out of it more than anything else, though, man, was good teams find ways to win and bad teams find ways to lose. I mean, that's, that's just proven truth in sports. And the Falcons found a way, you know, 31 fumbling the snap. Mariota had the first It was down. so funny. I mean, it was you so know, funny. What, what, why, the why are they not I mean, giving the ball to Patterson there, by the way? Like, yeah. No. I, he he again, was laughing at the end bro. of the game. Patterson was, but not yeah. like a happy laugh, like a, like just a sad, like really, you know, like this. It's when you're yeah. having a terrible day. Everything's going wrong. Your kid's not behaving. You know, you, you, you the, the, the eggs fall out of the fridge. They break. Yeah. And you're just angry. And then all of a sudden... You know, when when another bad thing happens, at you reach a point where you're just you're just giggling. You're like, this is this is ridiculous. Like, what's what's even happening here? This is absurd. You know, and that's that's what it that's what he was feeling as the Saints jumped on their field and celebrated everywhere. Um, and then their head coach goes off on the media afterwards about how everyone already wrote their obituary. Bro, you've been there for yeah. one year. You won what four <laughs> games last year? Like you don't you don't get My to burst in and, and criticize the media yeah, for doubting beautiful. your team whenever they're yeah, whenever they're. I mean, they're the Falcons. They're they figured out ways to right. just for for years. Gus, they had the edge. The Saints won the first game ever in the history of the series in 1967, and then the Falcons won ten in a row. 
and then the Falcons won a whole bunch, and the Saints would lose in agonizing fashion and on Hail Marys and in all these crazy ways. And, you know, in the last 16 years, the Falcons have won a few, no doubt, but the Saints have won the majority. And now the regular season series is tied all time. The Falcons only have a one-game edge in the series all time. I just I just wish that, that Trevor Simeon game last year, the Saints had managed to pull it off and not give up that big play to Patterson late so they could have the all-time edge. But it was uh, it was fun, but obviously there's a lot to clean up. So you said number one on the list for you is, is the O-line. I'm going to go on the other side. I'm going to go on the D-line because there was no pressure at all on Mariota. There was no push from yeah. the D-line. And yeah. this is a team in the, the Saints, right Gus. The position was... It was bad. And, 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 and this is, look, this is a team that has, unless they're playing the Eagles, the Saints have been the best team in the NFL against the run. And Atlanta ran all over them. And I'm looking at Tampa last week against Dallas, and they're running for net. They're running the ball. What? Why have the Saints stomped Tom Brady the last four times they played him in the regular season, even in the playoff loss. Go look at Brady's numbers. They weren't great. It's because they've been able to get a push on defense from the interior and on the outside and pressured him. And when they get in his face, like you could, I mean, nine nothing last year. It felt like 50 to nothing because they couldn't even get in the red zone, Tampa Bay's offense. And it really, it starts and ends to me with that defensive line getting in Brady's face. And when you get in his face early and you have a consistent pass rush and you're knocking him down, that's how you beat him. That's been the biggest key to it. Now he's making more mistakes. Now he's not just doing whatever he wants. And you didn't see any of that last week. So, you know, it, it was troubling week one to see, you know, the Saints not win the game in the trenches. Still somehow win the game because the Falcons falconed it up. But that that's the area that if you want to see a big jump in, from week one to week two, you say O-line, I say D-line, and I think I think they're going to need it in both areas if if they want to keep doing what they've done against Tampa as of late, and that's beat them. I do, and I, I guess the reason I didn't go and start there is just two things that pop in my head about why. And I think first and foremost, it's that type of offense, right? I mean, they've struggled with it. I mean, they I only want to think about that Eagles game last year. I remember, you know, putting up the decorations, you know, in the house. And I was like, yeah, well, this will be easy. I mean, I had the TV outside, Scott, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, the HD antenna. And I'm like, well, that game's over with. I mean, in the first quarter, <laughs> they couldn't stop anybody. And and uh, I was like, okay, well, that, that game stinks. But they struggle. They, for some reason, you know, it's sort of like with Sean. There's sometimes he overthought the room. You can see it. I think with Dennis Allen, and he even said it going into the the game against the Falcons. He mentioned the time that he went to Alabama and asked Nick Saban about how you stop zone read. So this is a man that's trying to look for the answers. And and you know, in, in the sound bite from last week was Saban asked him which one. There's three of them. And he goes, well, we only really seen one in the NFL. So. Maybe he saw a little bit more, you know, into it. And, and look, and Dennis Allen on Monday said he needed to be in a better rhythm and he needed to do those things better and stuff. Again, that's the first time of him head coaching, being the coordinator, you know, whereas maybe in the past, Scott, while the offense was on the field, he could sit and look at pictures and talk to defensive players, talk to his coaches. He can't do that now. You know, he's dependent on the other two guys. He's calling the plays, but – you know, the second the defense comes off the field, it, it's, he's focusing on the rest of the game, being the head coach. So I think there was an adjustment uh, to that. And, 
but I think it's that style of offense. You know, it it it's the perfect offense to run against a good defensive front. A, they can't really do what they do best, and that's pass rush. You know, and you're right, you didn't see pressure, but Scott, they really didn't throw the ball. And when they did, he was rolling, he was play actioning, he was misdirecting, he was going. He started left with a step, and then he'd roll right and dump it quickly. So very little did you see. Marcus snapped the ball, wait for a route to develop and throw it. You just never saw it. You brought up Cordero Patterson. He'd start on the left side and hand it off to him coming in motion. Or So as a defensive end and defensive tackle, you are probably being attacked from every different angle, and you really can't go forward, if that makes any sense to you. This week, you're not going to see that. Tom Brady is not – I mean – the, the the closest offense that I think is non-zone readish that does a good job in moving the pocket, at least against the Saints, have been Green Bay. And I brought that up before. The times that the Saints have played them, they roll the pocket with uh, with um, with Rodgers. He does a good job of starting one way and then moving the other way. Tampa can try to do some of those things. They can give the end around to Julio. They can try to do that in, in motion. Tom Brady's not doing that. So this week, which is why I didn't start with it, is you're not going to see that. It's going to be more traditional. Here comes Fournette, stop him. Here comes a play action. Here comes a drop back pass. You know, I mean that that's what you're going to see this week. Now, I don't know if that bodes well for the Saints based on what you saw in week number one, Scott, because you do have a couple of running guys coming, whether it's Arizona, you know, Jalen Hurts on New Year's Day, which is a while away, but so all that is point one, is that it's, it's a different offense that they, they normally see. And you know what? Let's be honest. That was their Super Bowl. They had all offseason knowing who the opponent was to plan and to have a game plan against the Saints, and they still found a way to lose. Point two is I really think other than last year historically, Scott, for some reason, Dennis Allen's defenses start slow. I mean, I – you remember when Tom was with the Patriots when they came here? Remember? I mean, it's like the first two games, the Saints defense, whether it's communication on the back end or there's no pass rush, Ken Jordan starting slow, all these things. Then by week three or four, they become a dominant bunch. So, yeah, you're right. You I, know, think, I, I think I, I, the, the few exceptions you look at is the few exceptions to your point make sense because I agree with you. Like last year, it made sense that they were great week one because – that team had been together for like five straight weeks because of the hurricane. I mean, they were they were literally living with one another out of a hotel. They were always together. They were practicing a ton. I mean, Sean Payton yeah. even alluded to the fact that, like, you know, it, it's hard, but it's kind of good at this time of year to have everyone together. So they were, like, super prepared. The year before, you know, they, they handled the Bucks week one, but, like, no one was – it was a level playing field as far as who practiced or played so much in the preseason because no one had a preseason because it was the COVID year. Mm-hmm. So you go back to 2019, slow start. They managed to get by 2018. You know, they give up 48 to Ryan Fitzmagic. And the next week they struggle to a bad Browns team. I mean, it, it, you, it, it's true. I mean, this team is rusty and somehow they managed to still win. But hopefully a lot of that rust got knocked off last week because, you know, this – in the grand scheme of a whole season, you had 17 games. Oh, it's just one game. You have a chance to not just be 2-0, but 2-0 in the division. 
and um, and 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 continue to hand Tom Brady regular season L's, which I know they enjoy. So, I it's it's a major game, and I think if they don't get it done in the uh, trenches, they're they're the, the Bucks are not the Falcons, right? If the Saints get beat in the trenches, they're not winning this game. If they can improve there, I think a lot of the other stuff continues to open up, and you know, interceptions, sacks. That's going to be the big key to this game. And if the Saints are 0-0 zero and zero in that department, they're, they're not going to win. If they have a couple of numbers there, then it's going to be a long day for Tampa Bay. Uh, I agree. And I think, you know, the, the, the thing that's interesting is you always wonder how much is being talked about it and how much it can help. Look, man, they, they've not hidden, you know, from it, right? I mean, you go back to Sunday night's win in Dallas and Tom Brady in the post-game interview is mentioning the lack of success against the Saints and that he's turned his attention towards that. Um, you go to the locker room on Wednesday, the first time that media members can go in there with, with the Bucks and I mean, Tristan works like it's not a rivalry. They've won six or seven. You know, coaches told us about that on Monday about it. Um Carlton Davis, you know, like you're gonna have to throw. We're ready. And we're like we have to change things up. Like every single one of their players has mentioned it or talked about it. So they ready, you know. And, and you, you could almost look at it like you, you, you could almost maybe psych yourself up too much on it. You wonder about that, but you know, I, I think at the end of the day, one of the other things that stood out, Scott, is the Saints did not match the intensity I thought at the start of the game that Atlanta came out with, you know, and. Maybe you had that, that momentum, you know, if Lutz doesn't miss that field goal, Atlanta goes, oh, no, here we go again. But he joins that left upright, and they felt like they had some life in them, even though, because, like, those, those Taysom Hill runs, I mean, you're like, oh, here we go. Here we go. We weren't even talking about Taysom at quarterback. Then they go right down the field and make those plays. And and um, so I, I think that's the thing that's going to be interesting to me. Is can they come out and match it? Now, it, it does help to have the game here in the Dome and, and, and get that crowd going for you. But, you know, I asked this uh, yesterday, I think a little bit, maybe even to you too, like what do you do if you're Tampa and you win the toss? Do you go for it? I mean, do you take the offense um, to try to set the tone and, and say, look, you know, this is not the same success you're going to have, but risk maybe you go three and out and get the Saints going? Or, or do you put your defense out there, Scott, and, you know, and, and try to see if you can – you know, get the Saints on their heels. Because I tell you what, I, there's no way that I'm not starting that game by blitzing darn near every play, right? I mean, I, I'm going to see if the Saints can stop my blitzing. And that's what, you know, Bowles does anyway. So I, I but if I'm Tampa, I'm trying to get a quick three and out, and Tom's starting on, you know, the Tampa 47. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So I, I think that's the thing that's going to be interesting to me is there's some chess masses. I think there's a lot of emotion that's going to be involved on the game on Sunday and, and who controls that the best, you know, I mean, they had a relatively easy game against the Dallas team that, you know, it, it is what they were. And you had a Saints team that was dead and they remained calm. They made plays and they showed that they, they could overcome a lot injuries, slow start deficit. So I, I kind of like the fact that that game happened before Tampa because I don't know if you're going to see anything Sunday they didn't really go through in week one already. I hope that that ESPN Lafayette best ticket in sports, Gus Kattengill, our guest for a few more minutes 
I hope that P. Carmichael's, you know, I know he's got his his play sheet ready for the first 15 plays on offense. I hope yeah. he isn't trying to design any plays that take a while to develop. You know, wait, wait until a little later in the game. And, and, and like you said, be prepared for a lot of blitzing and, and play that way. But don't be so stubborn that if it ain't working and you're trying to do all this stuff and, well, we're just going to worry about us. No, nah, you know, play to the opponent. Do what you're supposed to do. But I think I think whoever wins the toss, they got to defer because you want to test, you know, obviously you want the two for one, but you want to – the other argument is let's test out the D-line because they uh, they couldn't do anything last week. So, you know, um, let's see what they can do this week. Or let's test out the O-line. Let's do this. I I think you always defer, but – if they win, the, if Tampa wins the toss and they and they receive, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give my I'm well I'm gonna be watching on delay anyway, but I'm gonna be thinking of you guys. I'm gonna be yep. You know what he he called it there. Um, all right, uh, what, what do you think Monday's headline is gonna read about this game? What tell me tell me it's kind of that's another way of saying what's your prediction for this one? Uh, I, I I mean the first thing that popped in my head when you were saying that is bucked again. You know say. Ah, okay. You know, uh, again, I I just honestly think, Scott, um, what you saw there at the end, because I I, I mentioned it, you know, full disclosure for your audience, you know, Scott comes on our show on Wednesday, and and I I dreaded it. I told him, I was like, you know what, I I was going to, like, call in sick or act like I forgot you because I knew you were going to give it to me. You're like, where's this great offense? Where's this defense? I didn't know. I where's didn't. I was very, I was very objective. I was very reserved. I didn't see. Well, you couldn't because you saw it in the fourth quarter. So I mean, <laughs> that's, that's how I said it to Scott. I'm like, well, the least you did. Get I wasn't going to do that. I, you see, look, when you come into my house, you're like, you're like oh, Rick James. You're putting your feet all over the couch. When I go into oh, your house yeah. on Wednesdays, I am respectful. Yeah. I am respectful. Yeah. I'm I'm taking yeah, my I'm shoes listening. off. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm, if you offer me a drink, I'll take it. But I'm not I'm not yeah, going to go sure. in there and just you know throw my feet on the couch everywhere. <laughs> that still is one of the greatest sets. Oh of man, cocaine! Cocaine's I mean, a hell really of a drug, man. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. I, you know, up until they did like when they said goodbye to him, right? And they, and they put them all together because at first they were just like once every now and then, and it continued the series. But when they finally put, like, all seven, eight minutes together, that was literally the first time I heard it. I could never get through one episode, you know, when it would just do, like, the three-minute snippet because I was laughing. So I didn't hear half of the things. Man, I didn't go put my feet on his couch. Yeah, I put my feet on his couch. (laughs) Rest in peace, Charlie Murphy, by the way, Eddie's brother, the great Charlie Murphy. Yeah. That was one of my, my favorite ones. <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. I love it. But um, look, I, I, here's what I think. I, I, I think what you see is, again, matchups. And it's something that I've brought up this week. And, you know, we've talked about it already this morning, Scott. We've talked about the emotion, the coaches. And, look, a lot of people are focusing on Pete and, and, and Dennis. You know, this is the first Bucks game for – you know, Todd and Byron, head coach and offensive coordinator now, to to kind of be in this here as well. But does Byron Leftwich call a different game than Bruce Arians facing the Saints? Does he try to, you know, try different things that haven't worked or something? So, and and what's that relationship like? I mean, we last saw in a regular season game, Tom break the tablet, right? I mean, Tom's angry. Tom didn't get in the 20. So, how is his relationship with Byron Leftwich? And 
I think that's the thing that was interesting. I They failed to get in the end zone a lot last week. And, look, here's just a fact. I mean, I, I do think you're going to see some of these guys play, but Chris Godwin didn't practice this week. I, 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 I don't see him playing Sunday with a hamstring where he didn't practice Wednesday and Thursday. He could. They could be rusting him. But it's sort of like with Alvin Kamara. You go from limited to the DNP on Thursday – I need him the, the remaining 15 weeks. It stinks that he has a bit of a rib. It stinks that he's not going to play here at home against Tampa. I need him the rest of the season. That's an injury that's got to heal. If not, he's going to deal with it all year, right? So, you know, but Deshaun Jackson has a calf muscle. It's been wrapped all week, and he probably play and go, sure. But, Scott, talk to people that run. I mean, whether it's – you know, jogging, playing football, that calf muscle, you know, it's, it's tender at, at, at best, and it can get hurt if it plays further. Leonard Fournette, you know, has a, has a hammy. So they're banged up, and their left tackle has a hyperextended elbow. Now, you can put a brace on there and everything, but that should help Marcus Davenport if it is against them. I, I just think, again, matchup-wise, they're going to be overcoming on offense. Can't say, I'm not saying it can't, but then you turn to the other side of the football. What I'm really interested in is how do they match up with the Saints offense? And even if it's not Alvin Kamara there, you know, I, I just think Devin White, Levante David, and some of these other guys, it just can't focus on one guy anymore. And that's what I'm curious about. I know Colton Davis is saying, throw it. Gotcha. But who is it going to? You know, is it Landry who made a ridiculous catch in, in, in traffic? You saw Michael Thomas when it just clicked. Just it, it doesn't matter if he's covered. And it's what I've been telling you about Olave. You know, Ross Jackson tweeted last week uh, or earlier in the week the pro football focus stat that out of everybody in the NFL, he, he was averaging four yards of separation. The average for the rest of the NFL was three. The guy's good. And he's, and he's going to be really good. So – you know, and again, I, I was shocked by, by Taysom Hill, but he, like, disappeared in the second half. So, again, I think that's Pete trying yeah, – that was his first game with all of these weapons. How do I include it? I just think at the end of the day, you know, buffed up once again. I, I just I, – I, I think there's too many weapons on offense for Tampa to have to try to stop all the time. And, you know, what we've talked about, all these other playmakers on defense for the Saints to make a play, P.J. Williams got a pick six on Tom Brady last year. So the Saints defense knows the scheme. I know it's a new play caller. It's the personnel. It's less of the personnel than when they last faced them because a lot of these guys are hurt. So, you know, in that Tampa game, Fournette wasn't playing. Godwin wasn't playing. So I, I think that's kind of more like what I'm going to see on Sunday. That's just my, my gut. There's a lot of starters for the Bucks that aren't playing. And, you can maybe get by that on a Dallas team that's not moving the football and going three and out. Their defense is on the field a lot. I don't know if you can be able to do that with the Saints. Gus the Saints should score. The Saints should score. Yeah, as, as long as they have some protection. Um, but, no, you know, no. last thing, I was talking to Jake DeLome yesterday, and he's the color analyst for the Panthers, and he's, you know, he played in the league, and he just. He said, I said, look, with, with everyone taking a different approach to preseason, when, when can you actually get a feel for who's who in the league? And he said, honestly, I, I, I think somewhere between, you know, week five or six, 
He said that first wow. month, man, there's, you know, especially the approach to preseason now. And, you know, he's, he's look, he played it. He's like, I haven't been in the league in 10 years. A lot has changed over 10 years. I mean, the, the you know, less padded practices, all of that. And he said it just – once you get to five or six, that's when you really start to see the personality of teams. He's like, you know, you, you kind of start to see it develop here over the next few weeks, but don't make any rash decisions about anybody after the first few weeks. And I said, with respect, Jake, I'm still going to just make a rash decision about Atlanta and laugh at them for blowing leads, and that will never change. Um, and, you know, he, he didn't give me any grief about that. But we'll see what happens. It's a huge game Sunday. Looking forward to it. Gus Kattengill has been our guest. Follow him on Twitter at GCAT underscore one seven G K A T T underscore one seven. And um, in the meantime, my friend, look forward to talking to you next Wednesday. If you tweet, if you if you text me during the game Sunday, I won't get it. My phone's going to be off. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, all the best to your family, man. Have a great weekend. I won't. I promise. I, I won't do that. Believe me, I'm, I'm going to be in that dome and. Um, I, I'm hoping and excited for uh, another atmosphere. Here's the good thing about it, Scott. It's not that close to Christmas, which means a lot of fans won't sell their tickets. It's a point of contention with me. I, I get it. I understand you can make a lot of money, dude, um, on selling your tickets the last couple of years, but it's been an issue. I have not felt like the Dome is a true home field advantage. I mean, I'm, I'm interviewing. It really Lee, hadn't Fritz been the people. last few years. Uh, dude, it's I'm true. Again, the I'm last few years, it hadn't been. Willie, you know, and, and he's like, dude, you know, Manhattan, Kansas. Like, I, I'm hearing all these other great places where people are fanatical, and I'm just being honest. I mean, the, the Saints the last several years, because of their success, people have sold their tickets. And, look, you can do whatever you want with your tickets. Um, I just I, – I, I have not felt that team's fear going in there. I, You know, I you don't see people worried about the little ear things that Brett Favre got – Team color coordinated, all purple for the NFC Championship game. You know, it's like you don't hear like back in the day, Michael Vick and others say, "I, I get headaches when I go." That I just you don't see that that much. You know, you don't see it where like when the Saints go on the road at certain places and there's false starts because of the the, the noise. I that's where I think you'll see if it's an advantage if you get a false start or two. And and quite frankly, Scott, there should be. Right, I mean, there there should be. You have a patchwork offensive line. There should be. I mean, there better be some false starts, some miscommunication, some noise issue. If Tom Brady doesn't grab both palms and cover his ear hold at some point in that game, shame on you, who that. Gus, great stuff, and you're right. Gus Cadgill has been our guest. Get loud. In the meantime, follow him on Twitter at gcat underscore one seven. I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Have a great weekend. Sounds good, man. Always a pleasure. Take care, guys. You got it. That is Gus Kagan. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, the Dolphins head coach, Mike McDaniel, made a confession. Everyone's like saying that's gross. I'm like, it's lay off. It's all right. Come on. Lay off. I'll explain. Plus, Cajuns and Owls tomorrow. We'll take a look at the line and more. Devin Snow scheduled to join me at 815. If you don't know who Devin is, You're going to find out. If you do know who he is, then you're excited. Don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show continues after this. He still hasn't given up his dream of becoming a member of the Beastie Boys. Mm, Drop! Scott Prather on The Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. It does go well with a chicken. Welcome back into The Great Scott Show on a... 
Friday. Phone lines open 337-269-1077. Before we get to the calls real quick, Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins, was talking about showering and revealed that when he was on San Francisco staff as the offensive coordinator, he wouldn't shower for days after game day. So he could make it all the way to Wednesday, some weeks, without showering after a game. And said he would have gotten away with it. But Kyle Shanahan said, nope, he's not lying. That's accurate. You know. Okay. Sometimes you get too busy to just constantly worry about your personal hygiene. But let's not act like he went, you know, a week without showering. You know. Oh, that's disgusting. Come on. Let me tell you something. You get so busy. I get so busy sometimes between work and parenting. You know, it might be two or three days. And it's like, okay, I, I probably I probably need to take a quick shower before I go to bed tonight. I don't know. I'm not I'm not hating on him for that. Look, if you start smelling really, really bad, then okay. But if you can just mask the odor for just a little while, like, come on. Leave him alone. He had a great debut last week as head coach. All right, let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Hey, Scott. What's going on? So, uh, oh, not much. Uh, so I have YouTube TV, and it's great, dude. It's, it's awesome. But, like, last night, dude, I felt like I just watched the, the future of football, you know. And just it, watching like, it on Amazon Prime, you mean? Yeah. I mean, I mean listen. The, the future streaming, right? The direct ticket, that's sports. where it's going. I mean, you're, you're, I think you're right. I think... I, I mean, at some point, network TV is is still going to be around, um, but cable is that's mainly going to just be a stream thing. And you know, if you get too much money, if you're the NFL from the networks, and you get enough exposure, but I don't know if it's like in ten years, but at some point, what you say is absolutely true. And I do think the the the, the direct ticket after this season. Apple or Prime, one of them. I mean, if you want to watch your game in an out-of-market place, that's going to be where you're going to have to do. Um, like, and did you see the, the interface? Part. What do you mean the interface? I thought it was, I, well, like when uh, it would show stats. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, players and stuff. And dude, I, I don't know. It was like, because like uh, fantasy football is really, it's probably more popular than it's ever been right now, you know. Well, well, and, like, I think, I think, I think more than that. Like, so... Probably because the NFL is more popular than it's ever been based on the numbers. But I think the big thing, David, is you've got you know legalized gambling now. It's so, so oh, yeah, many you know so many different states right on your phone as opposed to you know fly to Vegas yeah. or you know Jersey and, and walk into a sports book. It's very it's very different now, and I think that's that's just a huge part of it. Yeah, I think this is just like it's like showing where we're heading. But it was Anyways. a good broadcast. I mean, the quality hey. of it was re- – that was better than any Thursday night broadcast I'd ever seen from a production standpoint. Like, I don't understand why network TVs can't have that rev- uh, res- Well, it's – you know, I don't, Come I, don't on know now. The, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I, I have well, an I, HD antenna, yeah. so it looks pretty good just off of the old antenna, but it doesn't look that good. I mean, that was, that was pretty – yeah, that- that had to have been a 4K. I mean, it had to have been. 
I think that was just that was probably Jeff Bezos and Amazon being like, "Yeah, we can afford whatever." And they knew they had to make a good impression for their first one, and and they did. Oh, and I was surprised Kirk Herbstreit did like he did awesome. The banner yeah. between them and uh, Al Michaels was <laughs> they were taking like jabs at each other. Al Michaels was making fun of him having to go to Boom. Yeah, Saturday. No, I, I, I think um, no, I I, w- I wasn't surprised. I think I think Kirk's really good. Um, and obviously Al Michaels. Yeah, but is, I think of him as more of a college guy, but you know, know. yeah. So it, it's kind of not surprising that he did well, but you know. I anyway. hear you. I hear you. So Justin Herbert, do you think they should have took him out last night? I mean, if his ribs, like, when, if his when ribs he, are broken, yeah. When he when he went to run, uh, he was like he could have ran for a first down, ran out of bounds, and he threw the ball away. I'm like. They should have took this dude out. But then on the very he, next play, run, on the very next yeah. play, he throws a play dude, that only a few people a in the world can throw. So, yeah. I mean, hurt like if they would have won that game, people would remember that, that that play, you know? Yeah. Um, and one last thing, bro. If Jameis Winston would have threw some of the passes Patrick Mahomes threw last night, they would want to run him out of town. Like, it's. I don't care what anyone says. That was an interception. Oh, he had like, a couple of interceptions. They can make up all the rules they want. Happened last night. Look, he's still great, but he, you know, he does do some, he takes some gambles, and he doesn't get but called like, out for his gambles drives, because he's won a lot. But besides two drives, what did he really do? Well, last night wasn't one of his staple performances, but, like, you know, you're not wrong about Jameis, but when you have a history of throwing and you know, turning it over a lot, you're going to get called out more for it. When you have a history of winning a lot and playing in Super Bowls, you're going to, you know, your your mistakes aren't going to be propped up as much as the things you do well. I mean, that's just part of it. Now, if the Saints have a great season and he plays great, maybe some of that narrative is going to turn. But that's, that's just how it is in sports. I mean, that's, that's it. Hey, I thought it was funny. Like, they were propping Mahomes up. You know, saying how great he was or whatever during halftime. And it was ten seven. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, they they, they brought that one play he made to uh, what Jeremy McKinnon or whatever. I mean, and, and like and Herbert had a couple of bad throws too, but they're both. I mean, come on, they're both great. I know like, they're I, great. Like you no, would, you would, you, you, don't, I mean, we we would all take one of those guys as the quarterback for the Saints in a second. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but the score was ten seven. I mean, it wasn't. I was expecting this offensive shootout, and it was ten seven and a half. Yeah, yeah, early and, and, season football. And it was about the defense, <laughs> and there should know. have been more interceptions. Some awful calls. There. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate the call, brother. Right, Thank you. All right, we got more lines lit up. Got Josh. Got uh, Doug. Y'all hang tight. We'll get to you on the other side. It's the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. On it. Give me all you got, Friday. We're right back in three minutes. Don't go anywhere. Give me all- 